feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak Anything that you want to find out about me, and I appreciate the shout out. Um, you can go to my website, Anthony 
dcollins.com. Um, I just came out with a, my first published book, um, Life is Outstanding, back in January. Um, I have my own online radio network called Vibration Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we have about seven shows on that network that air weekly and every other weekly, and every other week, I should say. And, um, and actually, I'm um, coming out with my second book uh, with Brother Trent Williams called Organized Action. That should be due to release um, in December of this year. And that's about it, brother. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Glad to have you all with us tonight. Uh, it's going to be a great show, man. I, I always enjoy uh, following you on social media. I always enjoy listening to your show whenever I can. So uh, sit back and hold tight, folks. we got a good one for you. I think this is Trent on the line. I'm not sure, though, because I don't know you guys' uh, phone number. Trent, is that you, 504? Hey, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. What's going on, man? I'm good, man. I can't call it my spoiler, brother. Appreciate the uh, <laughs> appreciate the invite. <laughs> appreciate the invite. What's going on, man? Oh man, everything's good, man. Everything's good. Uh, once again, if you're joining us tonight, we are talking about domestic violence. It has been a hot topic, mainly but domestic violence has been a hot topic. The other brother that's going to be on tonight is uh, Aaron Jordan. Um, Aaron is actually uh, bringing his story of work moving to the uh, New York area, so he'll be in New York City this weekend. If you are uh, if you are a resident of New York City, so you go and check him out at the YMCA in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, he will be on a little bit later to share those details. Let's jump right into this topic, man. Uh, this, this has been, a, this, this has been uh, all over the news, especially since the first video tape uh, has, has been released. Uh, since then, there have been other guys who have come out and uh, or who have been in the news for, for domestic violence. This is not something that's new. not something that has started with the NFL. But it has kind of taken over uh, our TV sets You know, domestic violence can go so so many ways, um, and it's unfortunate that it takes um, a, um, a line of so-called top-tier celebrities to bring awareness to something that's been going on for you know beginning of time. Um, I personally believe it's something that uh, we have to find and know exactly what it means, go to the origin of it, and seek whatever necessary help that needs to be sought out uh, for us to get better as a whole, as a, you know, as a nation and, and, um, and go from there. Um, it's, 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 it's a real touchy subject in a sense, because I know I used to do shows. We used to do domestic violence awareness month, which is coming up in October. Um, I used to do shows like every week or every other week pertaining to that. And I learned a lot doing those shows. It gave me a different perspective on how some women and some men stay in these dangerous situations um, some by choice, some by fear, some because of financial needs. So you never know what a person is going through. I also had an opportunity to go to a domestic violence, um, I think they call it like a, a, um, a hideout home or something like that. I forgot the exact term for it, but 
it was that was a very humbling experience where it's like about a four bedroom home. You probably have about thirteen, fourteen women there, uh, maybe a few kids that's pretty much hiding from their abuser um, because you know they're they're afraid of their life and that's the only place they have to go. So it's something that we need to do a lot more um, research on and, and provide resources for people who really need it. Okay, good, great. Um, actually, I, I, I totally agree with uh, what Anthony's talking about. It's actually a good topic of discussion talking about uh, domestic violence. But, you know, let's be fair and honest here. It didn't just start when these football players started putting their hands on these women. Um, you know, it's, it's, across the, it's across the board. But I find it uh, very amusing and, and, and funny that, uh, you know, now that domestic violence, I mean, it's been there. There's been bills passed. Uh, there was a bill passed uh, 20 years ago by now the vice president um, on domestic violence. But it was pretty much in the background. But you get these uh, these young men putting their hands on these women. Now it's, uh, it's a huge problem out here today. There's a judge down in Alabama beat the brakes off of his, uh, his wife in a hotel. He's back on the bench. So it's a huge problem. It just happens to be, you know, it's out in the forefront in the media at this point because, well, we all know why that is. But, you know, it's a huge problem that needs to be addressed across the board, not just within the NFL. Okay. What, 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 why do you think men abuse women? Or why, why do you think that, uh, why do you think that men get involved in domestic violence? What do you think it is within a man that would make him even want to put his hands on a woman? Either one of you. Oh, well, first of all, for, uh, for as far as with a man placing his hands on a woman, that's, that's a cowardly act. Second of all, there's some type of insecurity going on within that man for him to actually go to that extent of uh, drawing blood or scarring or whatever, um, you know, placing bodily harm to a woman. So I think it first has to start with uh, insecurity within that man himself to actually go to that length to place his hands on him. So it's something deeper than just, you know, he, he, he knows, you know, any, any man, even the smallest man, is stronger than the, than the, the, the biggest woman. Um, a lot of that starts with the insecurity, and a lot of that goes back to uh, that person's past, you know. Okay. What do you say, Um. Just about along the lines of what Trent was saying, I just also want to make people aware that it's just not men. You know, it's a lot of women that do abuse uh, men in certain situations. And we also, just like I say, get more in-depth about what domestic violence really is. It could be verbal abuse. Uh, it could be financial abuse, physical abuse, um, all type of different areas. So that's why I think it's a nice topic. is is broad in a sense, but I kind of want to make people aware of what different angles other different angles it has. Of course, I truly believe that any man that <clears throat> puts his hand <clears throat> on a woman, uh, any woman in any form or any fashion, is just is just really not necessary. I mean, there's times where you may have to restrain a woman or hold her down or whatever the case may be, and I have been in those situations, but I've never had to strike a woman for no reason whatsoever. And, and I've been attacked by women. I've been spit on by women. I've been all that, but that did not make me any less of a man in any of those situations. It was funny 
I don't know if you guys seen it, maybe about a month ago, a little bit either around the Ray Rice first hit the scene or a little bit after, it was a regular video of a brother, real big, strong, cocky-looking brother, um, you know, looked like he was about the streets. And this chick, I think it was, um, looked like it was um, his um, kid's mom, and the kids was outside, and she was going ham on him. She was smacking him. She was pushing him. She was spitting on him. The kids was in the background crying, like, stop, you know, stop, mommy, stop, mommy. She was going ham, pushing him, smacking him, punching him. He did not touch her. He actually just ran away from her. And I was really proud of that video because that video should have been shared to a lot of men that feel like, well, if a woman want to act like a man, she get to get knocked down like a man. I don't disagree. I, dis- I totally disagree with that because any man know, like Trent just mentioned, I mean, my finger is pretty much stronger than just about any blow that a woman can give, unless she, unless you have that ninety, that what, that ten out of a million women who actually takes that, you know, that training and no karate and no special moves, because you do have some women that can't get down like that. Then you're in a different ball game. But I still say, hell, run. It didn't make that brother any less of a man. He was actually outside in front of his crib, and he just ran away from the chick. So I think things like that need to be talked about and promoted a lot more. Exactly. I, I, I want to get your thought on this, Trent, because, because uh, Ed, you, you touched on a couple of things where, where, where I was going next. So I want to get Trent back in here because I, I, I've heard that, uh, you know, I, I've even heard from women. Well, if she's doing X, Y, Z, or if she's acting like a man, or if she's coming at him like a man, well, what is he supposed to do? If she springs on him, if she spits on him, you know, if she's attacking him, then, you know, <laughs> does he necessarily, now her ex point of view, but, and, and call her, uh, jump in here at any time. What I'm, I'm gonna say supposed to do it. I'm gonna try to say as neutral as possible because I really want to get you guys' perspective. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like this: Most men don't have a problem when a woman is spitting on them in, in other areas. It's just spit. Ah, it's not the, it's not the end of the world. You're you terrible. know what I'm saying? So, so wow. let's just keep it real. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, just yeah. because a woman spit in your face and is disrespectful, whatever the case may be. You're going to live. You're going to live to go to work. You're going to live to do whatever. Now, the problem is this. Are you still going to deal with that woman? Are you still going to wake up next to that woman tomorrow? Are you still going to call that woman? If so, then, hey, you are the one who's allowing it. And yeah, it's yeah. even flipped even on the other side when you're talking about women. Now, this is the touchy part where I learned a lot. Because I used to be the one to say, if he hits you, leave. I don't see what's the big deal, leave. But when I when I sat down, when, when I went to that home and I sat down with these women who was literally trembling and scared for their lives, and, and every time the door opened, they thought it was going to be the dude that, that was chasing them, then it gave me a different perspective. When you're living in fear and when you live in a certain kind of way and that man or that woman has put this type of fear among you, you never know how you're going to react you never know if you're going to stay, if you're going to leave, whatever the case may be. So I can respect that. But I also would have to say that you have to make a choice. Just like with anything in life, if you want to have a productive and organized life, you have to at one point, at one day, at one point, make that decision to take the necessary steps to save your life 
in your children's lives or anybody's life that's in danger. Absolutely. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I, I believe that. I agree with Anthony. I mean, brothers don't have a problem with, you know, with them doing other stuff to them. But as far as what's spitting on this, we have to think about it from, from this angle. Um, if you find a woman spitting, biting, kicking, all this other crazy stuff, I'm, I'm a thinker. And I'm saying to myself, as she's doing this, she's trying to get me locked up. So I'm going to do like the brother did in the video. And I, I, I saw that video. And I commend that brother as well. He walked away. But I tell you what, I will shake the shit out of her. But I'm not, I wouldn't place my hands on her. Hey, listen, stop that. Try to talk some sense into her. But if she's constantly spitting and fighting and all this other stuff, my question for the guy is if he's staying around, if he stays around after that, what does she see in you to bring that craziness out of you if you strike her back? So that's just toxic drawing toxin. But uh, to, answer the, to answer the question, it's, it's not acceptable just to to place your hands on, on, on a woman. I don't care what she's doing. Just walk away. File a police report. Uh, put a restraining order out on her. Do her like she would do you. You know, but, go, you know, going to violence, that just wouldn't work. You place yourself in, you know, in more danger by doing that. Can you guys hear me? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Did we lose Rodney? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. I, I don't know if... Uh, Oh, uh, we, we lost. We lost the holes. I guess. I guess our job never ends, Trent. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> like we are hosting the Butterfly Evolution Show, starring Rodney Jordan right. and Tammy Gator. Um, no, yeah, but, um, we, yeah, Rodney, you're not, brother. What's up? <laughs> oh man, I don't know what happened. I, I was, I, I was in there the whole time. I don't, I have no idea what happened. But anyway, <laughs> I was sitting there talking. I don't know why you guys did it, but it's always nice to have a regular host on with you. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, brother. We got you. <laughs> what, what, what would make a man stay with a um, with a woman, quote, unquote, crazy, or what would make a man stay with an insecure woman? What would, what would make a man do that? Oh, that's easy. Go ahead. Go, ahead, go ahead, Trent. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> I, I, just touched, I just touched on it a little bit as far as uh, toxic drawing toxic um, and insecurity drawing insecurity. That that thing is when you get with a person, then we always, we're drawn towards who we are when you think about it. We're attracted to who we are. And I find when, 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 when you, you know, you're in toxic relationships and abusive relationships, the longer it goes on, the more that relationship tends to become normal to that person. Like it becomes a normal routine. Like it's just toxic all day long. And it's not that that person drew it out of you. That was already in you. She didn't make, she didn't change you as a man or, you know, he didn't change you as a woman. That was already in you. That's something that you have to turn that mirror inward and deal with yourself. But a lot, in a lot of cases with all these, uh, with the domestic violence and the toxic relationships, a lot of that stuff comes from people jumping the gun before they even knowing the person. You know, because the first thing a, a, a person will holler, holler, damn, I didn't know she was like that. I've done that before. 
you know, with my second wife. Damn, I, I didn't know. Yes, I did. I saw the red flags from the beginning. I just ignored them. Mm. So I think, that ha- it, it, I think that happens a it, lot where, where, where people see red flags, and, and, and for whatever reason, I think Anthony was saying this earlier, it could be financial. It, it could mm-hmm. be a lot of things where we see these red flags, but something maybe not about that person, but something that is there, we see it or it is convenient for us, and so we decide mm-hmm. to stick around. Exactly. I know I know. with my second my second marriage, it was a, a very good marriage, 10-year marriage. There was no abuse and none of that stuff there. But the red flags I saw up front, I should have confronted that, but we look good together on paper and financially, and I ignored it. You sound so like I the Redskins, Trent. Say that again now? That's a, that sounds like the Redskins look good on paper. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good on paper, man. So, <laughs> so got to be I, honest I, with that. I believe but, we have you know, Sammy on with us. I am. How are you guys? Anthony, hey, Trent, how are you strangers? Hey, hey. <laughs> And now we strangers, really? <laughs> of course you are. How I got you a question, doing? especially now that Tammy is on. I got a question for all three of you. So this Ray Rice thing was a big deal. And that that's when, I guess, this whole domestic violence thing kind of came back. And, again, if you're joining us tonight, um, and, and, and I see we have a bunch of callers out there, we do have Anthony Collins on. We do have Trent Williams on, and we do have Tammy, uh, the regular host of Butterfly Evolution. A lot was made about uh, – a lot came out about this about this topic, um, and, and a lot of darts were thrown Ray Rice's way. But what about his now wife, who was his fiance at the time of this incident, who decided to – to stick around and not only stick around, but she married the guy. What what, right. what do you all say to the women who are in not necessarily abusive marriages, but abusive relationships? And you know, it doesn't stop there. They they go from being girlfriend or fiance to being wife, even after they know that this guy is abusive. Whether it be in, and and I think it was Trent that brought this up. Um. Whether it be physical, whether it be verbal, it's abuse. What do you say to these women? What would your advice be, or what would your criticism be to these women who decide to stick around, knowing that these guys are abusive? What What, what would you three say? Um, um, I want to jump in real quick because, mm-hmm. for one, I think for us to really change the the viewpoint of domestic violence. First, in my opinion, we got to stop categorizing it because uh-huh. it, domestic violence is domestic domestic violence no matter if the man is hitting or the woman is hitting. So once we stop just kind of tailoring it to men being the aggressors in, in the situation, right now I sent you that picture where they did a little scenario showing um, the man, you know, being the aggressive person. These people came up to help, um, but they reversed the situation. No one came. Some of them actually were laughing because she was the one beating him up. I got to hear a little bit of what you guys were saying about the women um, 
stepping up, being the aggressor, and walking away. Me having a son and vice versa. Um, I tell Brandon, do what you need to do to save your life. No, I don't want you to beat a woman, but I have seen men try to keep, try to refrain from from responding, and they almost lose their life because you never know what that woman has, what that ma- what that man has. So, number one, I think domestic violence needs to become domestic violence, no matter your gender. That's that's the start. Just like everything else, we categorize it based on this and that. So, as far as Ray Rice in this situation and any other woman, I'm, I'm with Anthony and Trent on. Number one, if you stay, then you need to look at yourself. Anybody who stay, and I, I, I heard Anthony um, talk about, you know, when you go inside, you get to see that these women are in fear, and some men are in fear as well. I know it sounds crazy, but some of them are yeah. as well. But you got to you, not only do they become some of these women and men become spouses, they have children that they bring into it after the fact. If not, right. go into to, to it with those children. <clears throat> and that's not a pretty sight. I can stand. I can stand up tall for that because I went from normal to meaning having a grandfather and grandmother who had a a loving relationship, nurturing, doing the marriage thing, to a home where there was domestic violence going on. Um, and to grow up in that makes you angry. To grow up in that and not have an opportunity to deal with it because. We have a tendency of putting blinders on and living for the world and for others and start, instead of addressing mm-hmm. the issues. So, number one, if anybody, me, any of you guys decide to stay in domestic violence, I say the first thing you need to do is figure out what's wrong with you. What exactly. is it that you are avoiding dealing with? What is it that you don't want the world to see? What is it that will make you take those licks every day, every week, every night, whatever it is? If that feels better than letting, letting the cat out the bag, meaning this is who I am, these are the problems I have, these are the issues I'm dealing with, then you really need to figure out what's wrong with you. Exactly. It goes, and, and I, I agree with that 100%. Um, before time came on, I was going to say, you know, as far as with, with abuse, even the, the person who's being abused, you have to actually do that self-reflect and turn that mirror in and figure out what's what's going on with you that you're actually taking these blows, first of all, and then second of all, why are you hiding it? So, you know, and, and you know, they can hold, go into this whole psychological thing about, well, you know, you've been beaten so much to where, you know, you want to protect the person that's beating you because you feel sorry for them and all that stuff. But at some point, you should get tired of somebody's beating your ass and do something about it. You know, I've seen in so many cases where, you know, the police are called out to these homes, and they don't no no charges are pressed. Someone leaves for the night, so they can cool off. So you know, and if we could actually address that as well, some of these laws have to change. The person leaves for the night to cool off, or spend a couple of hours in jail to cool off, only to come back the next morning and murder the person. So it's it's a little deeper. And what are you going to say? Um, I'm just sitting back and enjoying the conversation. Um, I, I just basically um, 
I agree with exactly what Tammy was saying in the sense that, and I think we were speaking on it earlier, I don't know if she was on the line, about not trying to just category, categorize it, saying, you know, it's always the man being the aggressor. Um, let's just make it known that, you know, when you t- and then when you talk about domestic, it doesn't have to necessarily be the man attacking the woman or the woman attacking the man. I think Tammy just mentioned the effect that it has on the child. Um, your child seeing that is domestic violence. If you're if your child is witnessing that, that's a form of domestic violence. I didn't realize that. Somebody made me aware of that by some of the things that I saw in my household uh where, you know, you was involved in a domestic violence situation. So just because it you wasn't really the two parties involved, you might have been the third party, if you saw it, you was a victim of domestic violence. So you yourself still may need that counseling or may, may need that self-reflection to figure out, you know, what can you do to break that cycle in your own life so it won't recycle in your life. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm going to turn this just a little bit. Um, I know that Trent has a daughter. I'm not sure about Anthony. Um, but yeah. I've heard, I, I've, I've heard um, many people say, uh, male and female, um, I've heard men say that they um, don't want to uh, spank their daughters because they don't want their daughters to think that it's okay for a man to put their hands on them. What do you all say about that? Like, do, do, do you do you think that um, men should spank their daughters? Do you think that, you know, if a man does spank his daughter, do you think that she'll grow up thinking that, you know, her dad spanked her because, you know, he was really trying to teach her a lesson, that he loved her, or do you think that she would grow up thinking that, hey, if if I'm not doing something correctly and this man thinks that I should be doing it a different way, is it okay for him to put his hands on me? Um, I, I know that we've gotten the point across that, hey, under no circumstances, a man should put his hand on a woman. But what about for the people who say that, you know, if if a if a father is putting his hands or or belt or whatever, if he's putting his hands on his daughter, how likely is she going to think that hey, like this is the way that life should be? What are your thoughts on fathers putting their hands on their daughters? What do you guys think? Um, for that's actually a, a a a great question. I've never even heard it brought to brought to me that way. And yes, I do have a daughter. Um, I think in any form of discipline, whether you decide to whip or spank your kids, punish your kids, um, whatever type of discipline it is, I think it's still important to have a form of communication behind that discipline. I'm doing this because it is. You know, you was wrong. I might have been wrong in overreacting to doing this, but this is why this happened. Maybe hopefully next time we both learn from this situation. You know, it's important in any area of life to communicate. You cannot just let your actions always speak. You have to let those words coincide with your actions. So, you know, in my household, personally, I think I can only remember one time I I actually put my hands on my daughter, and she did something that was just really, really, really ridiculous. And she, I don't know, she was about five or six. But for the most part, I was raised differently. My father never, it was weird, my father never, he never whipped me. He always punished me. My mom pretty much would just whip me at whenever she felt like it for the most part. 
and that was just a different form of and how they did me. So me growing up, I took the stance of what my father did. I was more of a punisher. Now, of course, if you know, it was times when my son totally pissed me off, it was times when my daughter totally pissed me off, and I did maybe knock them upside their head. But like I say, I can count that on one on one hand. But no matter what type of discipline that I chose to do with my children, I always had it backed up with words of action, words of love. This is why we need to improve as a family. I need to improve as a father. You need to improve as a daughter. It has to be a two-way street and things of that nature. Good stuff. Tammy, you go, Tammy. I'm sorry, Tammy. Go ahead. Okay, you go. You go ahead. I'll come in after okay. you. Um, you know, in life, man, uh, life, we all have to bring balance to it, even when dealing with their relationships, whatever type of relationship it is. As far as with my daughter, um, I have a 20-year-old and I have a 9-year-old. I've only spanked my uh, my 20-year-old, who was actually four at the time. Ironically, she spit in the car. I pulled the car over and I spanked her, and I let her know why I was spanking her. And she turned out to be a great kid. She's in nursing school. She's doing well. So, you know, and then this whole thing, that's actually a great point. I've never actually heard it, um, you know, a question asked like that as well about um, abusing kids and all this other stuff. But um, we have to to understand that folks put laws in place and and kids, you know, for, for this whole abuse thing with the kids. But you can't tell a person how to parent their child. It has to be it has to be some type of balance there. Love as well as sometimes you have to pull out that switch because these kids today will try. They will try you. But if you communicate with them and after that first whooping, you should be fine. You know, like I said, I only spanked my kid once. Never had any issues with it after that. But I don't believe in the whole thing of, uh, you know, if I spank my kid, she's going to go into an abusive Relationship? No, she's not because I set the standards mm-hmm. as her father, taking her to fine dining, uh, doing fine things for. Her. You set the standards, so it's a balance. You have to create a balance when you when you're dealing with actually with your daughters as well as your son. Okay. I, I agree, uh, Trent. I, I I feel like as as young girls and and women that we we have that part figured out as it relates to relationship and the domestic violence part of it, where we can separate the two. In my opinion, many fathers um, who are who are involved, who are, when I say involved, I mean truly involved in their daughter's lives, very few times will they have to put their hands on their daughter. And even a, even a young, young boy, for, and I'm just not saying that's the way totally, but for the most part, when you're involved and when you're standing your role and you are holding yourself accountable and holding them accountable and you are showing them the way, very few times, I believe, you will have to, to put your hands on your, your daughter. Um, but I if agree. you do, again, I, think, I, don't, I don't think that it will cause her to be in a, in a relationship where she's being abused um, with 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 phys- physical abuse, um, that's a good question. I agree too, and uh, you know even the emotional part of it because we don't t- we don't 
seem to have that under control when we have an absent father and it deals with us in that emotional state. But for some reason with that one, I just think we're able to separate the two because we know what discipline is and we know what violence is in beating someone. Um, and I just don't think it will turn them to that lifestyle because they were spanked a few times. So. Trent and uh, Trent and uh, um, Anthony, I want you to think about that one, uh, discipline versus violence, uh, because I'm going to come back to that in just a second. We have a caller uh, who wants to jump in here, uh, area code 202. Last four digits are zero five three two. Caller, you are on the air. What is your question or comment? How we doing? How we doing, brother? This is the Reverend Anthony Martin calling in, listening to this powerful conversation on this evening. Uh, I say hello to the wonderful Tammy Gator and uh, your guest as you all are speaking uh, powerfully on the situation. One thing that we all uh, must know and understand is we don't operate upon ourselves or our own understanding. There are two systems in which we as humans operate off of, and the one is the main system, our system, should be God's system. And you must know and understand, first of all, your position in Christ. And if you're claiming God, if you're claiming the kingdom of God, then in the kingdom of God there are set rules and regulations. And so you as a a citizen of the kingdom of God, you must operate off of the rules and regulations. And that's not only for you, that's for your family. Ma'am, you can go to the left and you can operate on the ways of the world. The ways of the world don't have rules and regulations. It's whatever. So the law of the land, they have changed the laws of the land to say, don't beat your child. You do this, that's abuse. Just like Adrian Peterson is going through right now, spanking his child and being tossed off the team and all of this stuff. And it's that's the law of the land according to the world, the, the ways of the world. Now, if you go back to uh, the ways of God, and we ain't talking religion in terms of the Baptist, the Episcopalian, the Catholic. We ain't talking about religion. We're talking about God here. The God not in most religions. And so, therefore, when you get in tune and in touch with God and immune to him and you're married to him, it is the Holy Spirit that will direct you and give you this knowledge, understanding, and wisdom as to how to raise your family. Spare the child, you spare that rod, you spare the child. When I was coming up, I'm a 60s baby, it was suicide that a police officer came to my door because my father, my father was worse than the police. My mother was worse than the police. And so these are the natures in which I grew up. And so I didn't have to beat my child. My daughter is 21 years of age. But as a man, I knew how to handle the opposite sex, a woman. I knew the the tone of my voice how I could use the tone of my voice to discipline. I didn't have to raise my hand to strike my child to discipline because the way my father uh, disciplined six kids, he first used the tone of his voice. 
my mother raised us using the tone of her voice. And then when it had to go to the spanking, then it came. But mainly I learned from the tone of voice. And so when we speak on all of these things, when we speak on a child uh, being disciplined, when we speak on domestic violence, you gotta you you gotta deal with the problem, and the problem is not the physical nature of things. The, the, the physical aspect of things is the symptom. The problem is behind the scenes, spirits and principalities. You know what, what what kind of spirit is within you that is leading you, manipulating you to act out and act out in a way that backlash will come upon you. What kind of spirit is going on in that man that he has to raise his hand and smack a woman? What kind of spirit is going on in that woman that she has to get out of hand and say things out of her mouth that would step into a man's manhood and lead him to push her back? You know, what kind of spirit is in that child that would raise up and say things disrespectfully amongst a father or a mother knowing full well she's out of line? not her position. But when you deal with the spirits and principalities, then you know the problem. And you do not answer or solve a spiritual or or principality issue with physical solutions. You deal with the spirit by the spirit. And when you deal with the spirit by the spirit, then you deal with the physical. These are the things that we have to understand first. We can speak all day long on what our Heels off, but you got to deal with what's real, the reality of things. These kids are on a tenth power mindset. And my day was two, three power. They are high today, very high today. And your soft, weak, laid-back ways will not address these hardcore, extreme natures that are coming out of these kids today. Not gonna happen. So you have to use some heavy and in-depth psychological mindset. Uh, I was listening to Phil, Doctor Phil, and he said to one of the parents that was having an issue with their kids, he said you have to be a combat parent when it comes to these kids, and you got to use psychological uh, mind, psychological sort of like warfare in a sense. And it's necessary, you got to beat them, but use your psychological nature to show and to direct and to lead and guide the child or even yourself as a man and a woman from doing things that will lead others to act up and act out. So, I mean, I just wanted to interject here on that and just say, you know, this is a proper discussion because we have here in D.C. 13 events in the last three months, domestic violence events. And out of the 13 events, eight of them are dead. Eight women dead. Eight women dead. So the brother then took it to the next level and taking their lives. Uh. Eight what women do gone. What do you guys think about that, uh, Trent? Uh, Anthony, let's show yeah. you back. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, I could agree with uh, some of some of the brother points. Uh, when you talk about dealing with kids uh, today, as I said earlier, um, I believe that you have to deal with them from a 
from a psychological standpoint, as well as that sometimes you got to put your foot down and put that rod on them, you know, um, because as we see today in the news daily, you know, kids are going up against their parents. Uh, I, I'm actually a kid from the 70s. My father stood 6'5", and he had four boys. So I, I was also raised up by the tone of the voice. But when we got out of hand, it's like, hey, hold on a second. And he let us have it. I think, you know, my brothers and I were doing well. We made we made it through that. I didn't, I, I didn't look upon that as abuse. He was being a parent. And, and back then, uh, in those times, the mindset of uh, the parents of that day was, hey, I'm going to give it to you before the police get to you. <laughs> that, that that sounds like some real old school parenting trick. Yeah, yeah. And when when you say you know when I say that it goes into the to, to the thing of you know get it, I'm gonna give it to you before the police give it to you because you might not come home tomorrow. That, if the police and, and we we we've seen a lot of that here lately. Yeah, yeah. And I gotta That's put you back spot. in here, man, because I know you gotta run. Anthony, you still there? He's probably. Thank you, sir. Can you hear me? Can you can you hear me? I'm still here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can hear you now. Okay. Um, no, I'm okay right now. Um, now there's a lot of great points said, and it's definitely. I just want to say that you know my heart goes out to the families of both sides um, of the eight women um, that lost their life. And I think let's. I kind of want to turn the page to that. I kind of want to focus on what we can start doing as a whole to try to prevent uh, less of those type of things happening to uh, my beautiful queens uh, or 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 the kings that's out here doing it, or vice versa. I think that's real important. Um, You know, we can probably try to have another show talking about discipline our kids, whatever the case may be. But I think I want to kind of turn the page back, in my opinion, about the whole domestic violence thing and about someone who may be listening who's really in need of some serious help and how they can, um, you know, go to the domestic violence hotline, um, how they can reach Tammy, me, Trent, uh, you, Rodney, off the show if they need any help, and we'll try to pull the type of resources. Because a lot of times we do shows like this, and I'm speaking from real serious experience. I'm doing my laughing tears day because, we, like I say, we, every October we did domestic violence month, and every Every week or every other day, depending on the schedule, we was doing a show on domestic violence. It would always be somebody who contacted me after the show that needed some serious help. That's how I ended up going to one of those domestic violence um, safe haven homes and seeing what I saw. So as we continue this show, I, I hope that we provide some serious resources, not just opinions about what's going on. Let's provide some serious resources on what some people can do to get some serious help. Anthony, what do you what do you think some of the solutions are as far as um, for those who find themselves in that situation and just for whatever reason they feel like they cannot get out? I know a lot of, and I'll flip it back to, to women, a lot of women feel like they have nowhere to go. Now, at the same time, I think a lot of that has to deal has to do with um, just going public with the with with the situation. Um, you know, keeping it closed in because we don't want anybody to know that we're going through that. But what do you think some of the solutions are 
particularly when it comes to the mindset to the to people um not wanting to expose that that this is going on in their household because I really feel like that's one of the the main reasons that people stay is I don't want anybody to know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I think one of the key solutions in my opinion is that we have to get I think I talked about this plenty of times. You know, you know the old school model that what happens in this house stays in this house mm-hmm. under all circumstances. Well, that has to stop. That cycle has to stop. Because if, if I'm putting my kids in danger, my kids need to tell somebody. And I've told my kids that. It should be, that's the problem. That's, that's where it all rooted from. Because when you start telling people and you train generations of kids or children that way, then when something really bad is happening, when their father or your mother is doing something you know, as a child is not right, you keep it in that household, and then that's possibly what could be one of the reasons why we just had these eight women that just passed away um, out there in Washington, D.C. So that, I believe, is the first step. And the second step is shows like these. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to reach out to you, Tammy. It never fails. Every time I've done a domestic violence show, I've always had somebody inbox me, call me, text me, email me something, and they're looking for some sort of resource or help. So shows like these on more of a regular basis will kind of kind of curve that as well. You know, we can only do so much. But you know my motto, if we reach that one person, we've done our job. Yeah, well, and another solution, Tammy, is to be honest with you, when when, when the person is still like they, they haven't, they've reached their, their, their breaking point and they don't have anywhere else to turn, and it may sound a little cliche, you have to go into self and find God. He's gonna pull. He's gonna give you an avenue, and, and that's just that's just being real. He's gonna, he's gonna give you the avenue because today you can't depend on the judicial system. Because just like the brother said about the eight folks uh, over there dying, I guarantee if you pull the records on those people, some of those guys were in jail, cool off periods, all this other stuff. How did they get back to these uh these folks to do this to them? How did, how did they get back to them to kill them? A lot of it has to do with the judicial system and the way it's set up as far as when we're talking about domestic violence. Uh, let's just be fair and honest here. The police do not take that serious as they take any other crimes. So if this woman is reporting that, okay, well, you need to file a report and all this other that and this and that and third, nothing's going to happen. So it starts with that person, the person who's being abused, find God. Second, we need to actually start lobbying and changing some of these laws as far as domestic violence is concerned. Mm-hmm. Nobody's taking this serious. That law was passed in, in D.C. 20 years ago. And now it's, it's just starting to surface again. That's where the problem is. <laughs> that, that's, that's where the problem is, is with these lawmakers. What, what, I, oh, Oh, I love talking about lawmakers, but 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 give me one minute. Here's what I here's what I need to happen. Once again, if you're joining us, uh, because we've had a lot of people to tune in. If you're joining us, we have just some dynamic guys. Um, through Tammy, I've had a pleasure of uh, talking to them. I've never met them face to face, but these brothers have inspired me. And so, what I want them to do, real quick, because we do have a call on the line. Uh, Anthony and Trent, please 
uh, tell the people who you are, uh, what you have going on. Tell them about your shows. Um, Anthony, tell them about your book. Just anything, uh, give them your email, phone number, whatever it is, so that the people can reach out to you. Because, Anthony, uh, what you said I think is so true. It never stops. People are always looking for advice. People are always looking for help. So I want you guys to do that. Um, Timmy, uh, same thing. Just because I really feel like people are going to be reaching out um, as as a result of this show. So I want you guys to do that real quick. Call us. Stay with us. Um, area code 901 Please stay with us But I do want um, Anthony and Trent um, And Tammy as well To like just give all your information Email, phone number, website Whatever it is uh, Tell them about your books uh, Real quick uh, Okay I, 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 go first, I go first Because I know I'm about to get up out of here and Real quick I just want to thank um, you Rodney For the invite And Tammy as always uh, this is definitely a great topic, and I just hope that it, it doesn't end here tonight. Um, if you need any contact information from me, you can always find it at anthonydcollins.com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and all your other major social media sites. And, again, if, if you're someone, man or woman, who don't want to discuss it, and, again, just real quick, I also want to be known that um, when I did these shows, I'm going to say 70% of the people that reached out to me were men. So there are a lot of men that go through these situations that may not want to be in the limelight and talk about it, but they did reach out to me, and I was able to provide them with certain resources, whether they was the abuser or the one getting abused. So, again, when you do shows like this, you don't never take it for granted who may call and who may reach out to you. These type of shows are very, very important. And other than that, you know, I'm going to get out you guys' way, and, again, thank you for the opportunity. Hey, oh, Anthony, give out your, you did give out your yours. information. Uh, I gave my website, but my uh, my website is com. My email will be anthonydcollins13 at hotmail.com. You can contact me for any reason. I'll do my best to find you some resources. I work with a lot of people here in Chicago that um, deals with um, domestic violence, and they, they are really experts with it and have enlightened me a lot from doing those shows back in the last and tears days. So I do have a little information if you need more. Okay. And, and, and if you can't find Anthony, uh, find Tammy or find the Butterfly Evolution Show, and we will get you in contact with Anthony for sure. Absolutely. And, Anthony, uh, what, uh, what about the magazine, uh, Aggressively Demanding Change? Oh, yeah, Brother Rodney was in the magazine. See, Tammy was in there, Trent was in there, everybody was in there. You know, hey, you know, I really can't take credit for this magazine because Neri Bellamy really was in charge of the magazine. I didn't even know how it was going to look. I didn't know what she was going to do with it. Um, but, yeah, I think we have our next issue that's going to probably come out in January. It was real exciting to read some of the articles and just see. I was really a fan. I just sat back and read everybody's article and was just in wow of some of the things that a lot of people had accomplished and what they have coming up in the future and things like that. So I'm just a, a reader waiting for the next issue. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it, man. Uh, and I know you got to go, man, but it was a pleasure, man. And thanks for coming on. We definitely got to get you back soon to talk about uh, this, and we got to do the child uh, child abuse thing as well. Okay, anytime, brother, anytime. Always a pleasure. Sooner or later, we'll meet in person. Sounds good to me, man. Uh, Trent, go ahead. Hey, what's up? Um, actually, you guys could catch me at uh, TaylorKennedyMedia.com 
off of the coach line. I'm a certified uh, life coach, 504-684-5401. It's absolutely free. Um, you have those issues, just, just give me a call and it'll go to Kelly and Kelly will get it to me and I will set up a time. Again, it's absolutely free for those who uh, actually want some genuine help. So that's 504-684-5401. Trent, I got a question. Yeah. I got a personal question. Uh-oh. Have you been have, have you been holding back on me? <laughs> I said, Trent, I said we were better than this. Call him, please, excuse us. But I, I, got, I got something personal against Trent right now. Trent, you got a book out and I didn't know about this? I accept <laughs> Actually, I got six books out there. I know all that. I'm going to put that on there. I just texted him and told him that's right, how you get on you. You ain't right. It's Trent. How, how you going to do this to me? I'm sorry, brother. I just don't like, for me, I don't, I don't, um, I started, I started uh, encouraging folks um, after an untimely death of my father. And I just, I just been, you know, giving this, giving this stuff away uh, for the last four years. And I just recently started selling this stuff uh, in the last three years. So, um, I, I kind of like take the back seat when it comes down to stuff like that. But they could they could catch all the books uh, at TaylorKennedyMedia.com, and um, you know they can get it there. But for anybody who's a who's um who wants some encouragement and all that stuff, and I'll say it here first, I'll give away uh, the Life of a Little Addiction book for free, um, um, Butterfly Evolution. So anybody who's looking for some true encouragement, I'll give away the conversation book. Or the Life of the Little Dixon book for free. You can get in touch with Tammy, and I'll, I'll get that stuff out. And okay, let's make them work for it. Let's define that, because you know that people listening might think everybody's going to get one. So let's define that. Let's say, uh, let's give them something. <laughs> give them a definition uh, now. <laughs> let, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Tammy has done a great job, and, and thank you so much, Carla, who's holding on. We, we will get to your question or comment, but I think it is very important. One, because Tammy has connected a lot of people. She's yeah, she's done a wonderful job. I, I, I can tell you, I have never met Tammy face-to-face. I've never met Anthony. I've never met Trent. I've never met Aaron, who we hope is going to join us at some point. And I'm going to tell you what Aaron told me earlier today. Aaron called me. I'm going to tell you what he said a little bit later. But Tammy has connected some people. And uh-huh. here's the thing. Here's the thing that I will say that I have learned through this experience. You don't have to ever shake somebody's hand. You don't ever have to be three feet away from them. If you all are on the same page, you will know it, and you can make good things happen. Absolutely. I'll listen to Anthony's show. I've listened to um, Aggressively Demanding Change. I've listened to the Anthony and Aaron show. I've listened to the Innovative Black Men. And let me tell you, these brothers are doing great things. They're doing great things. They're great role models. I've never seen them (laughs) in public, but I can tell you they are great fathers. Just because you will always know a tree by the fruit that it bears, and I remember listening to Trent one night. I was I, I tuned into Trent's call, and his daughter jumped in, 
Oh, and yeah. I was like, man, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool. I can hear Trent talking. And, and, and I'll just go ahead and share this about Aaron. And, and, and again, we're hoping that Aaron uh, can come in. But here's what, Aaron, here's what Aaron told me earlier today. Aaron called me. Now, granted, anybody who knows me knows that I teach kids for a living. And I can't talk to you during the day. But Aaron called me. And just so happened I was able to, like, call him back and get in touch with him. And Aaron said, hey, sorry. He said, I told my daughter I'm in Memphis, and I got to spend time with my daughter while I'm here. And I said, hey, Anthony and Trent have agreed to come on the show, so it is fine. I said, you, I said, you have to make sure you do that. He said, he said, man. I made my daughter a promise. I cannot go back on that promise. And I think that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes to the men and the women that Tammy are connected to. So, Tammy, we want to take time out right now just to say thank you for connecting all of us. And one day, one day, we're going to all meet each other. Uh, Go ahead, and then we're going to pull our call in. If, thanks, if I could thanks. ask for a second, if I could ask for a second, if it wasn't for Tammy uh, for putting together uh, a great event, and my door is always open for coming back and, and, and doing it again uh, for her down there. She did a magnificent job uh, down in Memphis for the Butterfly Evolution uh, Conference there. So she had the wherewithal to pull these guys together. And let's not forget about her son. That this brother actually spoke and brought me to tears, so I was very impressed with him. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, just kudos to Tammy for, for for putting that together and seeing and and following through on her vision to to bring this type of stuff to the forefront and, and push encouragement. So it's good stuff. I hats off to you, Tammy. Thank Most you. Definitely. Tammy, we're gonna let you jump in here if you want to say something, and then we'll pull our call in. You, and I'll, I'll be real quick, and you know, you guys know I'm going to have to give it all over to God because I was broken, and I thank God every day that I continue this journey and I saw enough of myself to want to come to the end of myself. And part of this 30-day disconnect um, was based upon some things that I that I still was feeling, dealing with, um, challenging myself with and so what I what I got to a point was there's too much going on in my life there are too many people in my life that are just not being um producing fruit I'll say that or they are tampering with my tree so to speak and so I disconnected but I'm going to give all the glory to God for where I've come Rodney I'm I'm still amazed of how we connected Still don't quite understand it, but that's okay because God knows, <laughs> and He is working through this and doing it all. Um, Trent, I say to you, keep keep doing what you're doing. I heard your daughter that night too, and it was so precious. I'm, I'm thinking that's the night you were talking about, where she said, "Okay, what do you want me to do now? Like, do I stay on? Do I hang on?" <laughs> you know. But even then, she's asking, you know, for your guidance. And 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 I'll say to fathers, um, I'm just gonna. Stick with the women part now for the domestic violence. I'll just say to parents, we need to do better. I know we we started a little bit going towards the children, but we need to do better. The only reason Brandon, outside of God, the only reason Brandon is how he is because 
no matter how dysfunctional I was, I was determined that your dysfunction would not be on me, that I'm going to fake this. You're going to see the best of me. At least you think you're going to think that you are seeing the best of me. I'm going to put this clown suit on, baby, and I'm going to shine and I'm going to make you laugh. If I have to go in the bathroom, cry, suck it up, get together, come back and be mama, that's what I'm going to do. But that's what it takes. We are losing that connection with our children, with our family, with our people that, that mean something. Family is supposed to stand for something, and we are losing that. We're disconnecting, not only from God, but from what God has put before us, the way that he has set it up. So all of you, whatever you're going through, if you are the abuser, if you are being abused, it's like Trent said, get back to a place where you understand God. Start seeking God. Get your faith off of Facebook. Get it in a book, the book, if that's what, if that starts somewhere, because we are in this world. We have given over why we're able to beat people and stay with them and then look at them in the morning and do what we do with them in the middle of the night after the beating because of those spirits, that worldly spirit. So my where I am is I got to get back where I am. God is my center. Where I am at the end of Tammy, there I will find God. And if you guys have not tried a 30-day disconnect, please do it because it was so wonderful. I want to do it again. So thank you, Trent. Thank you, Rodney, for sure. Um, My hat's off to Aaron for choosing to be a dad tonight because that will go so far. That's deep because he he was coming on here to promote what he's doing, but he chose to promote being a father to his daughter. And there's, there's no price on that. You cannot put a price on that. So hats off, kudos. Um, and then men, women, let's start, let's start calling people out. Let's break the silence. If you're going through something, talk to somebody. If, it does, if, you, if it's not somebody you know, let it be a stranger. Talk to somebody. But let's break all this stuff with Anthony said, what happens here stays here. Guess what? If it happens here and it stays here, it's staying inside of you. And what goes in must come out. And if it's not coming out, you're piling it up on the inside. And that's why you're beating or taking the beatings, dysfunction in life all the way around. So let's stop Let's stop the silence so we can stop the violence. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We're going to bring in our caller right now who has been waiting so patiently and uh, we do apologize, caller, um, and to everyone else, but I, I had to do that. I, I really had to do that because I, I felt like that was that was just necessary at this point in the show. Um, and, and guess what? I'm probably going to do it again. But anyway, uh, we're going to bring in our caller from area code 901, which looks like Memphis. And last four digits, zero nine five seven. Carly, you are on the air. Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> hello. This hi, this is Sherilyn. Hey, Tammy. Hi, Sherilyn. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. It's good to hear your lovely voice on the other end there. I missed you. Thank you. I'm back. I'm. I'm I'll be yeah. back as. And stay. I'm back on and popping, ready for it. Okay. Fresh. And hey, guys, um, 
uh, Trent's still on, I think, and of course Rodney. I don't think Aaron came on. And Anthony, if you're still on, hi. I have really enjoyed tonight's show. Um, and I'm not going to play devil's advocate tonight, but I do want to share a little information with you guys. Um, I have a comment, not so much a question. Um, I was a domestic violence counselor and court advocate for a while. And I wanted to present um, something. I think it was Trent who mentioned the laws that, that have been on the books for 20 years or however. I want, I guess, you guys to think about the next time you see a woman in a difficult situation that is abusive or a man, I want you to think about the number of people that are calling 911 that are being abused, that are in domestic situations that we don't have enough resources for. That was the reason I changed my field of work because – I would be so frustrated at the end of my work day by the number of people I could not assist because there were women who had sons that were teenagers that we could not house because the Y or wherever that facility was did not take boys into their care. That woman had to be turned away for service because she did not meet the criteria. There are just not enough resources a lot of times to support the need that there is. And my voice is literally trembling. I want you all to understand that when a person comes to you and says, I need help, I'm ready to leave now, and you cannot house them, you have no place for them to go. They finally made the decision to leave, and you have no place for them to go. Do you know how painful that is? So I'm not on either side of men or women, or I'm on the side of right and good and helpful. When a person comes to me and I have to send them back into a violent situation with nothing but a plan, if he does it again, if this, if that, knowing that it's going to happen again, trying to get an order of protection so she can stay in the house, knowing that he's going to come back, if nothing but at 2 o'clock in the morning, begging in that romance cycle again, baby, I'm sorry. It, is, it was the most painful job I had ever had in my life. And literally I would go home almost – I'm a strong person. I would literally go home almost every day in tears. Our caseloads were unreasonable. Our resources were limited, and it never stopped. And I just wanted to say that, you know, I, again, getting to the heart of the issue, and that is we have to become a more compassionate society – one that does not think so we don't normalize abuse because the reason that it's been on the record for 20 years, I think about that scene in The Color Purple where um, um, Oprah, I can't think of her name in the movie now, I'm just all emotional, says beta. You know, we have, we have normalized abuse for years. We have taught our girls that, you know, this silence, we have said that it is okay. And and for ye, we're still undoing the damage of the silence as a society. That's why lawmakers don't take domestic violence seriously. That's why it continues to be overlooked by police and authorities, because the women do go back, regardless of whether it's our fault or their fault. They do go back. So it doesn't mean that it's not a serious situation, and it does not mean that they don't want to be helped or they don't to change. It simply means that at that moment, Something has them bound, and whether it is their reality that they may not get help today or whether it is the reality that I have five children and I've never worked 
what am, how am I going to feed my children? So I just wanted to share that. And as we move forward as a society, there's so much more to it than he hit me, I hit him back. She hit me, I hit her back. And now everybody got a black eye. But what are we doing to create an environment for change and support for the people who are ready to leave and who really just need a little bit of help? And like I said, that was probably the most painful experience of my life because I am a helper by nature. I want to see people experience positive change and support and to have my hands tied continually by the court system, by the available resources, literally would break my heart. Sharon, this is Tammy, and thank thank you. You are you are you are so right, and that is across the board, and and that goes back to a number of things. What I mentioned about the family, where is the family in situations like this? Where are because back back in my day, oh brother, uncle, somebody is coming. You you, I'm sorry, you guys can. It's all about God as well, but there there comes a there comes a time. Even God said, if 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 it if it offends you, then cut it out, cut it off. But we as a family, where where even if if you're going back because you don't because you have if you don't have anywhere to go, number one, and you do have family, and I know there's always circumstances around it, but as where is the family in these situations, especially even for the young man, young boy who cannot go, but. Yes. We need to start working together for things that matter. We are so disconnected and so into serving, serving, serving the creature and not the creator. Mm. And he yes. has turned us over, yes. taking hands off. People, you don't want to hear, I'm sorry, but we cannot serve even ourselves and God too. When you feel mm. like God owes you even, I was talking with a friend, we feel like God even owes us more now. And if he does never do one more thing for us, he's done enough for us to have it so that we will be without excuse for anything. We have forgotten about supply and demand, how we we control, should control what's going on. We should be able to control these laws by, okay, you can't give us what we want, let's pull back. But we something as simple as cable, we won't come together and turn off cable to make change. So really people just want to see. They want to be seen when something is going on. But when you talk about seriously making a change, they don't want to do that in their own lives. So let me just look like I'm into what's going on in your life. Let me just act like I care. But see, at the end of the day, what you do speaks volumes to how you feel about me and anybody else. And if you're not not concerned about your neighbor, if you're not concerned about your sister, your brother, if you're not concerned about any of that, family means nothing to you no more, we can expect anything and that's what we're getting look at our yep. children yes that's, that's yes. what we're getting you know yes, and so sir. the laws you're so right these officers will go out sometimes and they don't they leave just because they don't want to write a report they don't want to go through it or they've been to the house so many times and and whatever but what happens to how do you go home and sleep how does your conscience work after that yeah i, I totally agree hey, hey sharon i didn't want to Interrupt you. Uh, good to hear your voice again. Um, but uh, you know, to piggyback off of what the, the the first brother, the first caller said, 
they talk about God and talk about the system. To piggyback off of what, what, what Sharon was talking, I mean, what Tammy was talking about, along with Sharon, um, we have to educate ourselves on these different policies that's going on in Washington. That bill from 20 years ago probably had something in it to where it smothered the domestic violence bill, even though it said domestic violence on the top of it. It's a whole bunch of shitload of paperwork under the bottom of it that took care of something else when it really was supposed to be taking care of the domestic violence thing. But that was the bill at the time was was some popularity. That that was the face time for the politician. You know, we have to educate ourselves on lobbying. Uh, I mean, just because we're, we're, we're African-Americans uh, in these communities where we feel like we've been lost, now we could actually lobby. Anybody can lobby if we pull our money together and lobby. We can lobby these people over there in Washington to change this stuff. They're not going to get serious with domestic violence until we do, just like Tammy just said, taking responsibility. You know, what about the family members? But we're in this me-first society. You know, it's not happening to me. You see somebody being beat and being pummeled, they're pulling out video cameras. What the hell? Stop it. What? Go over and stop it. You, But you're pulling out a, a video camera, so we have to go back and take responsibility for a lot of stuff that they're doing to us because we're allowing it. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to jump in go there ahead, real quick. Go, go, go ahead, Trent. No, no, go ahead. That, that, that's, that's, that's things that can be done, and I'll still stand on this, man, because this is what I stand on. You see God first, and then he's going to open that path up. You see God first, because man ain't about shit. Point blank. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. You know, Tammy, you know how I am. So it's like, I mean, Rodney, you know, you know, I mean, it's, but man, man. man. You, I, love, I love talking to, sorry, don't, don't forget what you're saying, Trent. Yeah. I love talking to Trent and Anthony because they are going to give you the non-watered-down version. Go ahead, Trent. I'm listening, brother. Yeah, man's word is nothing. Just like this sister, she she's working with these domestic violence. She's in tears because she has to send these people back. The reason why she had to send them back because our hands are tied. Why our hands are tied is because of the judicial system. The laws that were put in place by the people that we elect. We can change that. We can change that. Anybody registered to vote out today? Go ahead. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, no. I can Trent, I can listen to you all day. Go ahead. Yeah, anybody out there registered to vote? You know what I mean? Because these midterm elections coming up, that's where the change starts at. We start voting in our office. You know, and all that stuff in Ferguson and all this other none of that stuff will take place. We have we, we have the power here. We just don't actually use it. And then folks like Sharon could actually get some funding to place these abusive women when they finally get up the nerve to, to come out and say, Hey, I need help. Yeah, people dying, just like the brother said earlier. You know, yes. eight women die. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Reverend Martin, I see I see you out there. Uh, don't go anywhere because we're going to bring you back in, in into this. But here's what I will say. Two things. One, one of the things that I've learned from from these domestic violence uh, situations that have come up uh, via the NFL, Ray Rice was not suspended 
from the Baltimore Ravens or from the NFL because of what he did. Ray Rice was suspended because of the power in numbers. If the if the citizens of America had not gone crazy and there had not been such a public outrage, Ray Rice would have never been suspended. The NFL, and this is getting off topic a little bit, but I'm coming back. The NFL saw those tapes. Chris Mortensen, no one is going to bring this up, but Chris Mortensen, one of the uh, ESPN analysts, uh, analysts, saw this tape uh, over the summer, and he brought this up. The NFL saw these, these tapes a long time ago. It did not become a big deal until there was public outrage after the first tape, and then they said, oh, well, now the second tape has been released. He's going to be suspended indefinitely. Here's my point. We don't realize the power we have as people, as citizens. We could get so many laws looked at, evaluated, overturned if we would just stick together. Come together. Mm-hmm. Come together and stick together. But so mm-hmm. many people live in fear. Oh, if I speak up, I'm going to lose my job. If I speak up, people are going to hate me. No. Speak up because it is the right thing to do. Hey, Rodney. That is your duty. Go, go ahead, Tammy. I got to jump in because some of those yeah, same people, this is what gets me about speaking up and, and, and jumping in. It's, our, it's not that we're not. It's our timing and our reason because some of those same people who decided to speak up and speak out, I guarantee you they got somebody in their circle, if not in their family, that they know are being abused or abusing someone and choose to do nothing because, mm-hmm. see, that's not the spotlight. So, it's not it's not just about speaking up and speaking out because again we have no problem doing that it's just that's all I'm going to do I just want you to see me speaking I want you to hear me speaking and I'm going to leave it there but I'm not going to do anything behind the scenes I'm not going to do anything to promote consistent change I'm not going to be out here doing what it takes in the behind the scenes I used to volunteer at the crisis center a, oh, Lord, excuse me, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say, a, say it, a bunch of crap because you want me to sit here and take calls and then leave it? Talk to these people yeah. and do nothing? Seriously? You want me to come and spend my time here and do nothing? Where you see not just women and men being abused, but children calling in as well. You hear them on the other line, but police choose to leave them sometimes in their foster homes because, again, we don't have anywhere to take them. Bull. So people, we, we, we do what we want when we want, but we're not doing nearly what we can do and should be doing. If, if we're not in, can be seen doing or heard doing or get some kind of self-gratification for it, something out of it, in most cases we don't want to do it because, again, what, it's, about, it's about them. It's about the person. It's not about the change or the issue or the situation. That's going to become a, that's gonna become a whole other show. Man, this is turning up. Boy, this is a good one. Only thing I will say is this. 
I have always said that um, I, I've been preaching that message uh, <laughs> for the last couple of months. Edu- our educational system in the United States is screwed up, right? And I hear teachers complaining all the time. Guess what these teachers are complaining? In the teachers' lounge where nobody can hear them. But if they get in front of the people who are in charge, you won't hear a peep out of them. It is very important that if you see something as serious as domestic violence, you speak up. We're going to bring Reverend Martin back in here. Uh, Sherilyn, don't go anywhere. Uh, We're coming back to you, but we're going to bring Reverend Martin back in here for a second. Uh, Go ahead, Reverend Martin. Yes, sir. Uh, very, very powerful, very interesting comments that has been made. But I, I, I want to add to everyone. Everyone has had something powerful to say. But I like to hold the church accountable. I like to hold the church feet to the fire simply because the Bible says it clear that the church is the priest of the world. And being the priest of the world means you are to teach the people how to live God. And so the people are perishing because of the lack of knowledge. People don't know. And then people who do know, they refuse to apply the information that they already have within them. There's a lot of uh, intellectual uh, men and women out here that know right from wrong. They know it. They don't apply. And then there's many situations where when you talk about programs and government programs this and government programs that, the government's position is only to govern the land, the law of the land. All things start in the home. That's where everything starts. So if you want to fix something, if you want to fix the system, you don't fix the system outside the home. You go in that home, like when I was coming up, my daddy was there, my mama was there, and across the street was granddad and grandma. And when my daddy got out of hand, my grandmama and my granddad came over and dealt with that thing. When people in the community got out of hand, pastors and the deacons came over and dealt with that thing. And any woman, child, or anyone who got out of hand, they took it to the church. And that's what the Bible says. Take it to the elders that the elders lay hands on you. And if you don't want to listen to the, to the elders, then as Paul said, turn them over to the devil that the devil can teach them a lesson. That's the system that worked back then. That's the proven system. This new system we're dealing with is a weak, broken down, new agenda, new civil rights era, as uh, they want to say, dealing with. Uh, the more popular agenda What we're dealing with today Homosexuality and all of that But in the black community We live our lives Based on God That's who we know That's where we survive that That's where we live That That's where we are And so this system Is not set up For us per se when it comes to the black community But if you want to talk about the community as a whole Everybody has their Cultural differences The Latino community have a cultural difference 
white community have a cultural difference. Everyone deals with things within their cultural difference. So when it comes to us, we were powerful in the 60s and the 70s, even in the midst of being in a controlled environment and being cut down, hung on a tree. We were powerful because we stood. We stood together and we prevailed racism. We got through the 50s and the 60s. We watched our leaders die and get cut down and still made it to the 80s for opportune time. But what happened? What happened to that discipline that was there in the 60s and the 70s? How did we get away from that discipline? Why was that not carried over in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s? Why are we now talking about a weaker environment? Why are we talking division? Why is the black family not bound together as they were back then when you were getting your head split by Alabama, Tennessee, back in those days and the Jim Crow days? Why why are we not in that same uh, mindset today to stand strong and band together? But, you know, one community that many people differ with, and this is a black community that has been together since the 40s, and they hold it still, but you might, might not agree with them, and that's the nation of Islam. Black men and women, they got their issues, but they're banded together, and they've been together since the 40s, and they're there today. And I can guarantee you, any man, any black man, put his hands on any one of them women in there, I guarantee you them brothers will be dealt with. I guarantee you. In the same way that they're holding still, it should be that way within the church and the community, period. It is only us who are going through most of this stuff. When that white man go off, we killing this whole family. When we go off, we got to find the woman or one of our brothers and take them down. And our economic period, our economic base is weak. And we don't have a voice. We are weak in our voice. We don't have a political voice. We don't have power anymore like we did in the 60s and the 70s. We lost that power. We're going to put another guy in here. So, so, so sorry. So sorry. Hold on one second, Trent. I got to get this guy in here real quick because I Trent, you have to get off. Hold on. I have to get off. No, I was actually okay. just saying this is my kind of talk. I'm enjoying it. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry Trey. No, we got to get this brother in here, and I do apologize. I saw this number, and then for some reason it disappeared. Please forgive me. You know I'm a rookie. It's still my first year. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to get this. We got to get this guy in here. This is a phenomenal guy. Um, and I just had to pull him in here. Please, please, please forgive me. I hope, I hope you still love me after this show. Area code 954-3327. Go ahead, brother. You're on the line with us. Hey, Dale, you're on with us? I was going to say, if he's not, um, he, you don't have to keep apologizing because he promotes morals, values, and ethics, so he understands, but maybe we lost him. Um, I'm here. Okay. About time I get recognized in here. <laughs> so you need to stop. You need to Look, this is a hot topic. We only got about thirty minutes left, and we're trying to get everybody in here. Oh my goodness, Dale, I'm so sorry. It's all good. You know, it's all good. 
Uh, you, I understand you know how exactly how I go. I'm like I'm like Teddy Bridgewater, man. I'm a rookie, man. <laughs> we all rookies in this game. You know what I mean? It's only one vet, and uh, the oh, Reverend knows who I'm talking about. The rest of us all rookies. Tell us, tell us first of all, t- first of all, tell the people who you are and everything that you have going. And I appreciate being on your show a few weeks ago. And just tell the people who you are, everything you have going on right now, what you're all about, and then get into your question or comment. Well, you know, I don't want to take up too much time talking about me. My name is Dale Davis. we got a show, Let's Change the World. It's on every Sunday at uh, 7 o'clock p.m. You can find it on Facebook. Anybody's welcome to connect with me. Uh, I'm founder of the Let's Change the World movement. we got the uh, Change the World blog. It's www.thechangetheworldmovement.com. I'm also founder of uh, the Unlimited, excuse me, the Unlimited Education Project, uh, which is a not-for-profit organization. Uh, and what we do is morals, values, and ethics education workshops for children and adults across the country. And um, the reason I called in was because each and every one of you have hit very important points. But and I think Tammy and probably you know you both know what I'm about to say. They all come back to the core problem, which is also the core solution, and that's morals, values, and ethics. And and what frustrates me is that for about seven or eight years now, I've been trying to convince people that it all comes back to the very core morals, values, and ethics that God Almighty himself intended to be the very foundation that we build our families on, our communities on, Uh, even our government and our society as a whole. And um, what's happening is our foundation is weak. You know, the moral fabric in our community is eroding. And so that's our foundation. And when your foundation is weak, anything you build upon it is going to crumble. Okay. And that is the problem. When the Reverend was talking about it begins in the home, of course it does. We can all agree on that. But it begins with the very basic morals, values, and ethics that the parents are in charge of teaching their children. But the problem is that due to certain, you know, social and economic conditions right now, you've got way too many single-parent households, usually a female, and that female's trying to do the right thing, but she's working two jobs to try to make a better life for her child, so she's not raising her child. Somebody else is. You know what I mean? She's going to school at night, working during the day or whatever, and 8, 10, 12 hours a day, somebody else is raising her child. Who knows what morals, values, and ethics someone else is teaching her child? And so now, you know, and when I say morals, values, and ethics, this includes a big, wide range of things to include some of the things that some of you are talking about, the value of understanding and participating in the political process. We've got to teach our children the value of participating in the political process. Right now, we've got way too many black people, especially, and other minorities especially, who don't think the political system works for them. They refuse to participate in it. They won't vote. They won't go to the school board meeting. They won't go to the town hall meeting. And they won't unite to protest anything. They won't sign a petition. They won't do a doggone thing. And until we teach our kids the value of participating in the political process, even the one lady was saying, well, 
we need more resources in order to help people. Well, the reason there aren't any resources to help people is because nobody's participating in the political process. Nobody cares. So nobody's voting. Nobody's uniting to protest the fact that there are no resources available. And I could go on and on and on. I don't want to take up the whole show. But uh, what I would like to do is challenge everyone to come on board with this concept that it's all about the very basic morals, values, and ethics that God Almighty gave us to live our lives by. And if we get back to basics, we can fix our morality. No more dads running in the opposite direction, you know, when they get a woman pregnant. You know what I'm saying? We need to fix all these things. Morals, values, and ethics are the uh, the very basic knowledge that we need to eliminate dysfunction. Does that make sense? Dale, this is Tammy, and I, you, you know, I, I can only imagine your frustration because with since since meeting you, the number of people, and I'm going to say, well, let me just go ahead and be very frank and clear. I went to several churches. African-American churches about the program did not get a no. I got responses like, and I know we're getting off a little bit, you guys, but but all this leads we, right back up we to are the not striking, the anger, yeah, the danger, everything. But I was told I don't, I don't want to fight the school system. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, we don't have time. I mean, you hear every excuse from the church. I say this is free. You have to do nothing. Just need the space. Just need the help for you to help get the people in. Nothing. I go to University of Memphis, a Chinese guy, tell him about the program. That is wonderful. That is amazing. You can use the facility as many times as you want. This is the University of Memphis who's going to open up a building and allow us to come in. No questions. No, I don't want to fight. Matter of fact, it's what do you, do you need help? Do you need some assistance? goes back to us as a people, especially the church, and also with the morals, values, and ethics. Our kids got to see that. Our kids got to start seeing that moral values and ethics. They look at how we treat our sister, how we treat our brother, how we treat our, our spouses, our husbands, our, our mothers, our wives. They look at that. They look at how you treat them as parents, how you react or interact with the world. So, it's gotten to a point where we, I feel like we could teach it all day. we got to help them understand just because you're not seeing it does not mean it's not in you. Because I'm sorry, you guys, sometimes we're sending these kids back and these people who are being abused, we are not sending them. We are putting them back in their situations. We're giving them no other recourse, no choices, nothing, because we don't want to do much at all. Again, and that's why, and, like and that's why. I'm sorry. That's why unlimited education is also about when I said children and adults, because in the end you have to get the children and because, and I could get technical with all the research we've done, but the problem is you can have an 80% success rate with children, but only a 20% success rate with adults simply because the older you get, the more stuck you are in your ways and people start feeling like you can't tell me anything. I'm grown. And that's unfortunate, but it's just the way it is. So you get as many adults on board as you can, uh, but you really have to go after the children who are still moldable. But you're right. It begins with getting enough adults who can be role models and mentors, 
And in the end, all parents need to realize that they are the very first and primary more, you know, uh, mentor and role model for their own children. And uh, every single thing you do, say, uh, every single thing your child witnesses you do, the emotions your child feels in certain situations, uh, all of that is education for your child. If your child is four years old and he hears you yell at your wife, get some food on the table. You have just unintentionally taught your child that the way to get what he wants from a woman is to yell at her. And it's going to yeah, program into the memory bank. What was that now? I said, you better stop reading my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we're on the same page. We already know, you know. Uh, but the, the, the what I want to challenge everybody to do on this panel, if we can somehow, and we're going to have to do it off the air when we have time, if we can all get together and uh, have maybe a conference call and talk about what concrete steps we can take to start educating children and adults, because it all comes back to education, on what is needed to be done in order to change things. Mm-hmm. You know, and, well, and maybe in. we can I'm take in. some time. I, I got to pull Trent back in here for a second. Trent, go ahead, man. I got to pull you back in here for one second. Dale, don't go anywhere. Okay. Hey, what's going on, brother? I'm sorry, right now, I didn't hear you. No, I said, Trey, I got to pull you back in for just a second, but I don't want Dale to go anywhere. And uh, Reverend Martin and Sherilyn, don't go anywhere either. Go ahead, Trey. No, actually, I'm enjoying uh, Dale uh, speak there. I'm in on that conference call as well. Tammy has uh, my information. Let's uh, let's get started. Uh, I'm enjoying yes, the brother here. Dale, back to you, man. Go ahead. You got you, you got the floor, Dale. Go ahead. Man, don't get me going too much because you know I'll start preaching up in uh, on Man, your show now. Don't you, no, no, you can preach as much as you want to. Go ahead. Hey, hey, no, let's man. let's do let's do this real quick before um, Rodney. Will you go ahead and give out that number because I know we only have about fifteen minutes. So go ahead and give out that number because we're talking about the domestic violence and 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 you know all of it stems from what you still have in you people and what you're not dealing with, what you take, what you put out, it it starts in you. It ends in you. So find out who you are. Find out what's going on in your life. So let's give out the numbers. If anybody has any concerns, anything that they're dealing with, you certainly can can give me a call, Rodney, Dale, Trent, I'm sure the Rev, and anybody who wants to give out their number who's on the panel on tonight, please do. Um, I can be reached at 901-830-6088. You'll have to leave a message right now, but I do check them and and do call you back. But it will tell you that I'm not taking calls at this time, and that's just because of my own personal stuff. But you are free to call, email, uh, info at butterflyevolution.com. Again, info at butterflyevolution, I'm sorry, dot org. I said dot com, so dot org. But give out the number, the information for the domestic violence, and then that way we'll have everybody. Um, that'll be in the hands or the ears of everyone who may need it. Uh, it um, in addition to the numbers that Tammy just gave out, you can also call the hotline at 1-800-799-7233. And if you are just tuning in with us, 
go back and listen to Anthony Hegel on his information around the 9 o'clock Eastern Time Hour. If you need to get in touch with me, my number is 703-595-5055. Trent, go ahead and give out your information, and uh, Bill, give out yours as well. And, and we still have about 17 minutes, and I can tell you, I, tell me I'm not ready to get out this line, but go ahead, Trent, and uh, Bill, go ahead. My uh, my coach line is uh, 504-684-5401. Um, Kelly will take the call and I'll get, uh, get to your serious inquiries. Um, I'm, I'm totally into pushing folks forward. Um, straight talk, no chase of encouragement. To me, I'm a certified life coach, and just be ready to hear the truth. So from, you know, domestic violence to uh, relationships to whatever, to life uh, experiences. So uh, 504-684-5401. And um, just set the appointment up, and we can get it get it on in uh you know, for some uh, straight talk encouragement. It's absolutely free. It's absolutely free. So just give me a call. Uh, Reverend Martin, I know you're still out there. Give out your information just real quick. Uh, hold your questions and comments because we're coming right back to you, Reverend Martin. Go ahead and give out your information real quick. Sheldon, we're coming to you next. You are Reverend Martin. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, you can contact me, Reverend Anthony Martin, at 202 Three two, and that's a number that uh, is a 24-hour number. Uh, you can call it, uh, give your name and number. If I don't uh, answer, uh, other than that, I'll call you back immediately, and uh, we'll you know uh, address your issue and uh, have prayer uh, uh, and, and speak to you uh, from a biblical biblical perspective that we un- understand your position in God. Sounds good. Uh, real quick, Sherilyn, uh, give out your information, Sherilyn, down in Memphis. Give out your information just in case people need to get in contact with you. And Reverend Martin okay. is in Washington, D.C., so if you're in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia, contact Reverend Martin at 202 Sherilyn, go ahead and give out your information. Don't go anywhere, okay. Sherilyn, because um, Okay, this is Sherilyn, and I am a life coach as well. Uh, Peyton Place, um, www.paytonplace.info is my website. You can give me some information there. You can also reach me at 901-233-4027, and I'll be happy to talk with you. I do a free consultation for those who are looking for support uh, in moving to the next phase of changing uh, changes in life. So um, that's it for me. That's that's all I got. Don't go anywhere, Shannon. We're coming back to you. Dan, we got to get you back in here, man, because uh, you are hot on the mic right now. Dan, go ahead, man. I- anything else you want to tell the people? Because we can listen to you all night, too. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, Dale Davis is my name. My phone number is 954-213-3327. Uh, you can email me at D source the number four, the letter U, at yahoo.com, source for you at yahoo.com. Uh, whatever your issue is, you're always welcome to call. My number is public. Uh, give me a call. We'll talk about it. Uh, I have uh, 
quite a few years of uh, experience in uh, helping people in many different types of situations. So just give me a call. We'll talk about it. It's anonymous. And um, as far as uh, what I have to say to everybody, um, again, uh, everybody on this panel, I just want to invite everybody to uh, let's get together on a conference call or something and get into detail as far as what we can all do uh, to make some concrete moves uh, and uh, advance the movement, the Let's Change the World movement, because that's what the world needs is change. Absolutely. Uh, Bill, any final words uh, from you, brother? And we always appreciate your wisdom, Bill. So any final words of encouragement, motivation, uh, criticism, anything you want to tell the men or women in regards to domestic violence or insecurity, because that came up a lot tonight. And don't feel less there. We we, we want to get you. We want to get Tammy. Uh, we want to get Reverend Martin. We want to get Sherilyn. Um, and we'll, you know, go ahead and just take your time, Dale. You 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 have the floor, Dale. Go ahead. We 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 can actually run over. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, uh, I usually like to be a little bit more prepared, but uh, I would talk to the men and the women separately. Uh, first of all, uh, to the men who are the biggest perpetrators of domestic violence. Uh, now, I don't want to take women off the hook because women, they commit domestic violence as well. But men are the most, uh, you know, uh, they commit more domestic violence by far than women, and they are the more dangerous. So I want to talk to men. Uh, be a man. You know what I mean? Uh, when you grew up as a child and you were being taught those very basic morals, the first thing you were taught was uh, if you're going to pick on somebody, pick on somebody your own size. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> you are less than a man if you're not picking on somebody your own size. It's always funny when you get uh, a big old guy, go find the smallest guy in the room, and he's going to pick on him. You know what I mean? Uh don't, you know, find somebody your own size to pick on. And I'm not condoning violence. I'm just making a point. If you're beating on your woman, you're beating on your kids, you're not being a man. You're being a sissy. You're a punk. Okay, think about that. And uh, number two, go to the Bible. Okay, uh, read about Jesus Christ because he taught us how to be a man. Jesus Christ was more of a man than any man that ever lived since because none of us could endure what he endured on our behalf. None of us could. We'd have all gave up and, and, and uh, long before we got on, even on the cross. Okay, so he taught us how to be a man. He didn't go around beating on anybody to get anything done. You know what I mean? All he did would show compassion, uh, share wisdom, and he helped people. That's all he did. So follow Jesus if you want to know how to be a man. If you are tired of the day after, and if you're an abuser, you know what I'm talking about the day after. You beat your wife, you beat your kids, and it might not even be a day after. It might be an hour after, and you're like, oh, my God, what did I do? Okay, if you're tired of that, Go to the Bible. Pick up one of the books of Jesus. I'm talking about John, Luke, Mark, one of those books, and start from page one. Don't get into this verse thing. 
where you start listening to people read you verses out of context, you know, get your own context. Start from page one and read one page a day, two pages a day, whatever you can. If you didn't understand that page today, come back and read that same page tomorrow. God will see that you have a thirst for knowledge, and he will give you enlightenment. You may not have understood it day one, by day two, by day three. You'll understand, and you'll go to the next page. Read one page a day if you have to until you understand Jesus and what it's about being a man. And to the women, ladies, you've got to be careful who you choose for your man. God rarely sends uh, us the perfect mate. God doesn't do things the easy way, you know. He does things the hard way a lot of times because in his infinite wisdom, he understands that man can only truly appreciate something that he has struggled for and worked hard for. So he's not going to send you the perfect mate, okay, as much as you want him. He's going to send you someone who's flawed, who he feels you can work with, or he's going to send someone who can work with your flaws, and you're not going to initially get along, and there may not be that initial you know, fireworks that you want, you know, recognize that it's the devil who sends the one who looks perfect in, in your eyes and who sets your soul on fire. When someone walks up to you and they set your soul on fire, that's when you need to take a step back and say, oh, wait a minute, let me slow down and take it slow, okay? Be careful. The one who is the bad boy uh, and you think you're going to change him somehow, be careful, you know what I'm saying? Just be very careful in choosing your mate, especially if you have kids. You have a responsibility to your children to, to only bring somebody in their life who's going to be a caring and loving man, not someone who's going to be abusive. So that's what I would say to women. I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at you and making you to blame. I understand men flip the script and everything, but just take your time and make sure you choose the right man for your children. And uh, that's all I got to say right now. Bill, that was some really good stuff, man. And uh, Shirley, we're going to bring you back real quick. And uh, we have about six minutes left, so uh, we'll bring you back, Shirley. Peggy, Shirley, go ahead. Okay. Well, I want to kind of... Can we lose, Sherilyn? I'm here. Hello. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Uh-huh. Okay. Um my my position on on the topic to to kind of summarize everything is I think again we need to just break the silence and what I would like to see happen for the people who are in the situation again whether they are the abuser or the person being abused more actively speak to someone who is um, in a situation, can especially for our men, choose a man because we've gotten away from mentoring as a process of lifting one another up. And Tammy knows my position on that. That's how she and I kind of came together. But I believe that you need to find someone who can mirror and emulate because I do believe that the word is a strong foundation for every relationship, but also to be able to see the example. Jesus had disciples. He taught them what to do. He lived it out before them. And so we have to get 
honest with ourselves and say, listen, I need some help. I need to see what this looks like done right. And we need to find people who can guide us through the process because the family situation is broken. The family dynamic is dysfunctional. And we need to seek help outside of those walls and communities and say, listen, brother, you know, I see you're a good husband and you seem to be tempered in your lifestyle and in your actions, and I'm struggling in this area. My recommendation, whether you're a man or a woman and you need some guidance, ask someone who has what you need to pour into you and to impart that wisdom and that uh, those practical tools. Um, it's just it's gotten to a point where we, not only are we not talking about our issues, we're hiding from ourselves. And until we stop doing that, we cannot get the fabric of our communities back. We cannot get that moral foundation back in order. We've got to be honest and say, I don't know how to do it. I've read my Bible. Some of these perpetrators are in church. They are pastors. They are teachers. They are ministers. So they're in church. They have the word, but they don't have an example before them, an honest example of, yes, I get upset. Yes, I get angry, but here's how I respond to that. I don't beat my wife and here's what I do. So that's what I'm asking our men to do and our women to do. Seek a role model. Seek a life example of someone who can be um, the person to guide you to the direction of rightness and, and, and to say, I may not get it right every time, but here's how I've come out on top with my family, my, my children, my wife, my, my just people in general. And so that's what I'd like to see happen because the word does work, but actions always have to be followed by that. That's what discipleship is about. It's about acting it out in front of people so that they can see your the, the Bible that they will read will be your life in most cases. So that's my little summary. Sherilyn, you have been fabulous. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for calling in. Just great advice, great tips all the way around. Uh Reverend Martin, we're going to go to you next. Go ahead, Reverend Martin. Yes, indeed. Um, I certainly want to thank, uh, you know, all of you all, especially you, uh, Brother Rodney and uh, the lovely Tammy Gator, for having me on. But certainly um, I have to take this thing and put this thing uh, to men. And uh, just as Eve uh, brought sin in the Garden of Eden, when God came on the scene, he didn't come after Eve. He didn't seek Eve. He sought Adam. He asked Adam, where are you? And so what that means is man is responsible. It was man's responsibility. It was the authority and the position in which God gave man to have dominion over the earth. It is in the hands of man that these things are set and the stage is set and the laws and the rules and regulations are set in the eyes of God. And when you hit the woman, man, keep in mind she was made from your rib. So when you hit her, you're not just hitting an individual or a separate individual. You're hitting yourself because you're one with her. And when you argue or seek to damage the man, woman, you also are one with him. So you're not hurting a separate entity. You're not hurting a separate individual. You're hurting each other. And God holds first man accountable because the Bible says he sits on the throne and looks into the hearts of men. 
So you ain't getting away with nothing under no circumstances. You are responsible. And the one who knows is the one who is responsible and accountable. And so I hold men to the fire. I hold the church to the fire because if God puts the church in the position to be the priest of the world, then it is your position to teach the world how to live God. If God put man in the position to have dominion over the earth, you set the stage, man. You set the stage. And this is why God has enabled me to bring about a workshop for men and women. The, the men's workshop is called Fulfill a Man's Thirst, and the woman's workshop is called Serve a Woman's Hunger. What is your thirst, men? What is your hunger, women? It is education that we must exercise. It is the knowledge, understanding, and wisdom that we must exercise. Wisdom is the greatest of the two. Why does God say, or why does the Bible say for the snake be as wise as a snake, as soft as a dove? Why is a snake wise? Because a snake is wise simply because a snake does not have eyelids. So a snake does not close its eyes. It watches 24 hours a day, and it collects information 24 hours a day. That's the wisdom of things. Wisdom is the greater of the two. Knowledge is the knowing of all things. Understanding is the direction of all things. And wisdom is knowing how things work. Get wisdom, men. Know how this thing works. Know your position in Christ, men. Because when you step out outside of the body of Christ, you step into the hand of that demonic presence, that demonic foolishness, that demonic world, that the only thing the devil will do is that when he cannot stand against you, He'll get behind you, and he'll push you in a direction to make you think you're going right. And all the time, you're going to the edge, and when he gets you to the edge, he'll push you over, right on over to the edge. And you'll fall down and you'll splatter, just like the herds did, the hogs, when Christ sent the demons into the herd, and they went over to the cliff. I'm saying to you, men, you're responsible. You're responsible. And the women, know your position in the kingdom of God. You could be a CEO, you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer in this world, but in the kingdom of God, sisters, you are a help me. What does that mean for you? Your position in the kingdom of God is to help man maintain his position. When that man get out of hand, you then step in place not to take over man's position, but take up the position to let him know where he is wrong and he is out of position and this is where he belongs. Get back to your original position, brother, where you belong. And stop leaving me in this position where it is not for me to take on in my emotional ways and means when I have to deal with the household and the kids. Get your behind up under the home and hold it up as the foundation as you are, brother. And as you hold the home up, hold it steady that we can live a comfortable and steady home and that me as the woman, when the woman takes on the instructions of the man, she takes the instructions and she teaches the children the instructions of the father or the husband. That's where you need to go. Take this yeah. thing back to the beginning, A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, and stop mm. uh, pushing this scientific method foolishness as if though there's a new level of knowledge and understanding. There ain't nothing new under the sun. Ain't nothing new. Solomon said it best. Nothing new is under the sun. It's a revolving door. 
So all you got to do is dig back in that bag of uh, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom and figure this thing out the way you once knew it. I remember back in the days that the, the Black Panther used to follow or go through the community and follow the police through the community, making sure that they did their job right. Every black man they pulled over, the brother who was standing right there, making sure he exercised the laws right. And the church was right there with him. Where we at today? Running the opposite direction. We on dirty, filthy lucre. Got to get paid. Well, full of money. So I say that to say, brother, thank you. Thank you again. But I hold the church feet to the fire, and I hold men feet to the fire. And I say to the women, be careful. Know your position, and know it's in the kingdom of God. Not let the world's position overshadow. And once again, that is Reverend Martin, and uh, Reverend Martin is the author of uh, Stop Killing Me, Black Man. We're going to finish up with Trent, and we're going to finish up with Tammy, and then I'll close out the show. Uh, Trent, go ahead, man, and then Tammy, and then we're going to close this thing out. Go ahead. Yeah, in a nutshell, um, we have to take responsibility for our own toxic. Um, we have to actually tap into that higher inner self, whether it be male or female, and understand the toxic that we bring to any situation, any situation. It's always going to start in with us. You know, so before we can actually fix anything, we have to fix ourselves first. Before you can go to the church, you have to fix yourself. You have to make it up in your mind to get to the church. That calls for fixing yourself. So that goes with meditation and prayer. And if you're in a situation, whether it be male or female, or as far as abusive goes, you have to tap into yourself and tap into God so you can actually get that path. As I said before, man's word ain't shit. Point blank, and as you can't get no more straight talk than that. So when you're dealing with a chaotic mind, there won't be any peace. And that goes for any of us. That goes for me, because we're all a half a we're all a half a peanut away from going stark raving mad. That's called imperfection. So you tap into yourself, then you get a clear understanding and how to deal with man. Period. I appreciate I appreciate wow. you guys having me on. I appreciate you guys having me on tonight. So, Tammy, uh, hopefully we we'll see each other soon uh, for no, another one of these uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful evolutions. Rodney, hey man, I, I'll get better with uh, promoting those books. So, and good stuff and correct, congratulations <laughs> to, to you. Again. You, you can't be holding out on me. <laughs> <laughs> and congratulations to you again on your on your published book and uh, you're doing wonderful things. I think everybody on the panel tonight. Was powerful from Sharon to the to the uh, the pastor to the brother um, who actually uh, I'm gonna hold to that conference call. I'm gonna send him a message and and friend him on Facebook. So if we're all serious about this, we'll actually take those conference calls and we'll move forward with it. Whether it be his movement or whoever's movement, as long as we're moving. Right. Most definitely, man. Trent, uh, thank you so much, man. Hold on, brother. Uh, tell me, go ahead. Wow. Um, first of all, I just want to thank everybody. What a way, I think, to come back unofficially. Um, this was powerful, and I just love the way that it all goes right back to God. Because if we don't get back there, people, 
if that's not the center, if that's not it for you, and we to piggyback off what Trent said, we we got to go to God, but we can't go thinking nothing's wrong with us, because clearly the Word tells us to renew our minds, to to change all of the things, to kind of become unlearned, and to serve Him in that childlike state, and imagine what it means to be a child. Just imagine that. So. Everything goes right back to that, but it also goes back to knowing who you are. Because if you're going to God thinking, I'm okay, I'm going to get what I need to get from God, not to give God anything. You're not going for that. You're going to get what you want or thinking that's what you're going to get. And all that turns into anger. That's going to lead you down the wrong path, spiritually disconnected, spiritual warfare, as the Reverend said. It just, it breaks you. But we don't want to be broken for that change. So all of the things that we're going through, dealing with, putting up with, taking, putting out, why? So look at you. And I say, what are you going to do? Because you can't say, if you're listening to this show, you can't say you don't know now. Because somebody on this show has given something for everyone. So if you're on this show, if you've listened and you didn't take anything away, look at yourself twice, maybe a third time as well. Because, again, as many people have spoken tonight, there was something said for everyone. So what's your takeaway and what are you going to do with it? It's all on you because you can't say you don't know now. You can't say you don't have the knowledge. So I end with that, and, and I just thank everyone for being on and, just keep doing what you're doing, whatever that is. Keep doing. Don't stop. You all have been phenomenal. And I want to say thank you so much again to Anthony, who was on from Chicago. And please feel free to reach out to Anthony at Anthony D. Collins. Dot com, And it is spelled the same way it sounds. Um, please reach out to Trent. He gave out his information. Please feel free to reach out to Tammy. Uh, reach out to me. Reach out to Reverend Martin. Reach out to Sherilyn. Anyone you felt comfortable with tonight, because I can tell you, we have heard some great things tonight. We've heard from some dynamic speakers, and I can tell you that these people care. And I think that is the biggest thing between all of us. If you talk to Trent, you know that Trent is passionate about what he does. You know that Trent is passionate about change. You know that Anthony is passionate about change. You know that Tammy is about change. You know that Sherilyn and Reverend Martin are about change. Please, 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 if you're listening from New York City or if you will be in New York this weekend, come by and see our brother Aaron Jordan, who will be promoting the Know Your Worth movement in Brooklyn, New York, this weekend. And I'll be there tomorrow night 
and I'll be there until Sunday. But this has been a great show. I cannot believe it has been over two hours. I can't believe that. But it has been a great show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, 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 Rodney, do you have yes, any of the information for Aaron that we can maybe post for those who are listening, even if you're listening online and we can't see that you're listening? Um, maybe we can post it in the on the event page that you created or on our pages if you're listening. Just just share that information. Just support Aaron's event because if you're not in New York, someone in, within your friend list may be or may know someone in that area or surrounding. So let's let's support that. Um, let's just try to keep most it going certainly. and be more supportive of that for our listeners. So most just wanted to get that uh, in. Most certainly. Um, if you email me, jordanliterature at gmail.com, and that's J-O-R-D-A-N-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E at gmail.com. If you email me tonight or if you email me this week, I will definitely send you the information because uh, you, you can get your free ticket for Aaron's event which will be held at the uh, YMCA in Brooklyn, New York, this weekend, and I believe it's early Saturday morning. But if you email me, I'll definitely get the uh, information to you because I will be at the uh, event myself. In fact, I will be in New York City tomorrow night, and uh, from Wednesday until Saturday morning, I will be handing out flyers. I will be uh, helping Aaron promote his event. Um, it's going to be a great time. The Power Within a Woman's Worth. You need to read that book. Um, Aaron and I will both be in New York this week, um, but I really want to promote Aaron's book because I think that his book is so timely. I think that it is very important. So if you are in New York City and you're listening to us tonight, if you will be in New York City um, this weekend, please, please, please. And I know that he has some uh, events going on in Tennessee um, during the month of October. So please email me, and I will definitely get that information to you. I will forward it to Aaron. Um and we will make this thing happen. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You have to read Aaron's book. You have to be a part of the Know Your Worth movement. Trent mentioned his book earlier. Anthony has mentioned his. You've heard the Butterfly Evolution show. I can promise you we are on to some good things. Um, Trent made a comment earlier, or either was Anthony, but either way, it doesn't matter. We, we, we're, we are all of one mindset. And we are definitely, uh, Tammy and I are working on some things to get everyone together uh, next summer, next fall, because we want to just see people together of one mindset, and we want to definitely continue to promote change. Again, you can email me at jordanliterature at gmail.com. That is J-O-R-D-A-N-L-I-T-E-A-R-A-T-U-R-E at gmail.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone who has listened to the Butterfly Evolution Show tonight. Thank you, Trent. Thank you, Anthony. Aaron, you are the man. You took time to spend with your daughter tonight. And, brother, 
I can tell you from me, Trent, and Anthony, we appreciate that. And I know that Tammy does too. I know that we just appreciate things like that. And that is what we try to promote here on the Butterfly Evolution Show. Reverend Martin, Sherilyn, it has been a pleasure to my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman, to Mary Allen, who has definitely been on with us as well, to my sister Lisa Steed, who has been on with us. Thank you, everyone. Be sure to promote the Butterfly Evolution Show and have a great week, everyone. Have a good night, and we will see you next week. And I believe we have another fabulous guest who is retiring this week. Uh, I'm sorry, retiring this school year as a school teacher and is running for Congress because she is sick of the foolishness. You got to join us next week, October the 6th. Good night, everyone. And as always, we send this special song out to Tammy's cousin down in Atlanta. Diane, this is for you.
Come on. 